0: Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back with an uh, auxiliary episode this week, covering feedback for episode
1: three. Because of my vacation schedule and just kind of the general chaos of us recording so many shows uh, at this particular season, the feedback has kind of been neglected, which is tough on a puzzle box show. So we're having a special feedback Hopefully we can catch up and just incorporate this into the episode, but if uh, we continue to get a ton uh, and uh, the response is good, otherwise maybe we'll we'll break these out more often. Yellowjackets at baldmove.com is where you want to send in uh, email to get a chance to be read on the feedback show, and unless there is other things to talk about, Jim, let's get right to it. Yeah, let's do it. Tracy's up first. Says, I've listened to so much of your coverage, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, American Horror Story, Walking Dead, The Last of Us, etc. And now I question my very existence. How have I entrusted my viewing impressions to someone who cannot discern the difference between Papa Roach, Temple (laughs) of the Dog, Soundgarden? This is a Shakespeare to Danielle Steele type situation. Each has their place, but they are not the same
0: do better. You Uh, thought by taking a vacation you were going to get away from the consequences of your actions your words? I am going to confine it to this one email out of many 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 in the feedback section.
1: One from Chris Cornell himself
0: uh, uh, How did hmm I uh, did a lot
1: of relay that message I, to you. Yeah, it, it it was thrown through my window, wrapped around a brick with the crazy yellow jacket symbol. Uh, nice, and uh, you know, I'm like, gosh, dang. And apparently, and from he the grave, said,
0: actually, I quite like Papa Roach,
1: <laughs> never had a problem with them. Honestly, yeah. considered them, uh, uh, more important than our own work, but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know I it's like it's very rare that I give less of a shit about something than Jim does like I almost always mm-hmm. give more of a shit about things than Jim does this grunge is the one thing where i think you care quite a bit about it more than i do
0: <laughs> i do so it's my preferred i would say it's my preferred genre of all of music so, that's funny because yeah.
1: i i like grunge it was okay you know I, I i like especially smashing pumpkins and nirvana but like at this in contemporaneous to that era i was still like an old metal head and like sure. indie rap guy so and i got like i started transitioning to the the new metal very quickly after grunge too so like yeah I, mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy that I can do things like Stone Temple Garden and just <laughs> sends people into a white hot frothing rage and I have no idea why so hmm. sorry Chris Purnell sorry if I offended your disc <laughs> <Chris> photography <Barnell.
0: laughs> still doing it I really, it. Still I really it.
1: enjoy your work on Archer and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I knew more about grunge Moving on, the Nick and Philly says, "I think the pilot said there's a storm ahead and they're going to fly around it, hence the 600 miles off course." Not sure if 600 miles is a lot mm. or a normal distance to bypass a storm. Um, so this, I got this several times too, and, and it was like not something in the foreground; it was like a background kind of thing that you hear the pilots mentioning when they start getting into flight distress. Oh, okay, 600 miles seems like a big fucking diversion.
0: That's a hell of a storm. Existing. That's a perfect yeah. storm.
1: Yeah, it seems like a big fucking diversion, but you know, uh, again, I, I I don't know. Uh, Nick says is present day Lottie's Lake Retreat located in the exact same lake by the cabin in 1996? I if so, don't believe so. If so, in 96 through 98, Nat and Travis are mapping the woods around the cabin and plane. That would explain. Uh, Nat being familiar with getting around Lottie's new retreat.
0: Um, no, what? I think she's in New York, and they crashed in the Canadian Rockies. So we're we're way far afield. Lottie's place is in oh right, right Cherry right, Corners. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. They didn't abduct Natalie and take her literally across the country to another you know, to the Canadian Rockies. Okay, so yeah, I can see where people might think that, but no, I, I don't think that's physically possible mm-hmm. uh, says I don't follow Reddit or social media conspiracy threads but after Jim said the symbol looks like a bee I kind of agree with him but I have no fucking clue how that symbol is already there on the trees prior to the crash I think the only explanation would be some kind of tiny wimey
0: bullshit which I think you've suggested right it's possible yeah um, I could see it being like hobby somehow yeah uh... You know gets out there gets lost in time comes back and he is the old man who has died after spending years in the wilderness um I could also see it being maybe a sleepwalking Taisa, because that's the other un unreliable thing we have going on here is like we don't know what she does uh during her disassociative time yeah. early on in this experience we, we're kind of the- getting to it now but yeah, and I
1: think the the most natural, like when Van's like, how did you know this was here? The easiest explanation is because she made it.
0: She put him there, yeah. And, and yeah. you have to kind of think, okay, could could this be real, right? Like, Or could this have happened? Because she would have had to walk seven miles from the plane to the cabin to put that symbol there and then walk back in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. It's certainly possible um did they
1: find that like, symbol up in the the attic the first night they were there was I think there so it, yeah it made... you, you watched the whole season i didn't i was i wonder if there was like a single night
0: that she could have gone up there maybe and oh because they don't find him the first night do they i didn't think so so she might have just yeah the first night they were there gone up there and put it there
1: they heard noise. That's what alert is like. And I noticed that there's some we didn't talk about in the the tell the 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 coverage of the series proper. But like, uh, was it Mary or Mar that kept hearing a dripping noise throughout this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what that
0: presages. I don't know. Because there was also dripping from the- Jackie's bony fingers. Right? Does that? Tie in and all
1: it's a terrible Telltale dripping of the Mm -hmm. hideous fingers yeah I don't know Uh, I don't know there's been A lot of talk of like you know people talking about tunnels And like maybe this is a map of tunnels And we had a lot of visions Uh of tunnels I don't think they're the kind of tunnels you would Find underneath the mine shaft uh, Cabin in the the Canadian Rockies but We'll see Mm -hmm. Rusty wants to talk about Cucking and reverse cut queening Oh Oh, boy. boy Shauna and Jeff's first sexual experience came from a similar but reverse situation. Shauna knew Jeff was hooking up with Jackie and probably felt the primal cut queen urges back when they were just teens. The naughtiness of sleeping with her best friend's boyfriends, one of the first primal urges she succumbed to. Since Shauna was since gone through several cycles of dining or to her lizard brain, maybe due to some convenient mercury poisoning looking at you, Misty and likely several years of an adulthood processing what happened to woods. She's somewhat of an expert she recognizes this is happening in Jeff in a studio and tries to set his simple Papa Roach loving mind free by talking him through what's going on his head and his loins. I see this okay. as a moment that bonds Jeff and Shauna further and to some extent indoctrinates him into the cult of the yellow jackets. Shauna could also be using this moment as a power move to show Jeff who's boss, something that serves as circling the wagons to keep Jeff under her thumb going forward. Now that he's fully in on an accomplice to the murder we know for sure that travis survived the experience in iraqis i wonder if they mm-hmm. do have to have some kind of sacrificial male because it does seem like in the, the 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 woodsy cult that there's this kind of very primitive sex magic yeah going on you know the the ritual hunting of men and uh, mm-hmm. and, and subjugating them uh and he's kind of like the only one left
0: now yeah, that coach that ben. Travis is dead yeah. Uh he's like yeah, he's it. Unless they find Javi, who knows, but that would be weird. Um, I mean they're all kids, but Javi's like, really a kid. Yeah, I, I do like that this
1: is tying them together. It's interesting that um like Nat and Travis were kind of the if, if this is gonna be a true theory, that's they're they're kind of analogous to this, to this situation, right? Travis is the only uh, I guess he got coached but he's not he's not straight so you take him off the board you've got one kind of like stand in for conventional masculine sexuality right yeah um, yeah and that's definitely what masculine. Jeff
0: tells himself he is for sure well yeah uh, he's trying it right mm-hmm. the, you know strawberry lube, of, yeah, <laughs> right? strawberry lube stuff yeah strawberry
1: lube barking at the FBI or the, the police uh-huh. officer Um. so I'm trying to think of like Nat was like a bulwark against the Lottie bullshit that was kind of tugging and pulling at Travis. Do you think that there's going to be some kind of seduction there with Jeff and Lottie? Hmm. I'm just trying to think if like if this if they're setting up a parallel, that would be one of the parallels mm-hmm. that like, you know, Nat is using physical love to try to sway I mean, I don't think she's consciously using it, but to to try to sway Travis to the 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 you know, whatever her side the rationalist I, it feels and like Lottie's sh- using her psychic stuff it,
0: this season at least it feels like Shauna and Jeff are off on their own journey and I don't see the opportunity so much for that to cross over to the Lottie, Nat Misty hmm. stuff Unless they just decide, look, they're on to us. Let's take a vacation, right? Let's go up to Lottie's.
1: I feel like what's happening are the women are separated because Nat has been abducted and none of them know it yet. Misty Mm -hmm. is trying to figure out what's going on with that. Ty is losing her goddamn mind and isn't responding Mm -hmm. to anybody. And then you've got Shauna who is kind of like, eh, Misty and eh, this other stuff and trying to, you know, now is like, going to be under an investigation by police. But yeah. I feel like in the next episode or two, they're going to smash them all back together again somehow. I think so. Man. Maybe with not Ty, because Ty does feel like she's in opposition to almost everyone or she's going to be one of. The, but, but this also could be the queens trying to come together to sting each other to death. And that's why they're separate. Yeah. Them. Yeah.
0: Good point. They are doing something so, with that, with all the various queens. Um, but yeah,
1: we'll see. We'll we'll keep our eye on the cucking and the cut queening going forward. Mm-hmm. Pass the shrooms, we'll be right back. All hail the Antler Queen. We're back with more Yellow Jackets. John G from Seattle, in your coverage of episode one, season two, you're both unsure of what to make for the sex and the art studio thing. One obvious thing that you didn't mention was the idea to reclaim something in the animalistic way that an animal might pee on some other animals, pee on a, tr- a tree. Mark, it's territory? Yeah, yeah. This is a private space of the other man and is a celebration of their affairs. So Shauna coaxes uh, Greg? No, Jeff. Uh, hmm. Shauna cho- coaxes Jeff into fucking her passionately in that space over his art after she's already killed him. I mean, this is gross and treats women as some kind of male hmm. possession, but if the show is exploring more of her animal nature and what was unlocked in the woods, it would make sense to me that this is what is happening. Oh, uh, also All it's not right. clear to me who's claiming who, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. Like, yeah, uh, Shauna is perfectly, uh, perfectly capable of claiming a man, mm-hmm. uh, in a primitive primal way, as we've seen.
0: Now she seems like she's in the driver's seat in that relationship. Uh, in every yeah, sense of the word. I, I can see that though. I mean if she if you know Shauna is does have the, the hand here, right, in Seinfeld terms, uh then she's allowing him to reclaim that.
1: Yeah. Uh John continues, I don't know if Sean was caught up in the emotion of it too, or just using it to get Jeff back to her side after all their marital difficulties. She could have simply been manipulating him. In our civilized state of being, we're often having to negotiate with our animal origins. But Shauna's already lived through that ex- uh, complete breaking experience where Jeff is not. Yeah, it'll. it's going to be interesting to see what Jeff reacts when he finds out how deep this shit
0: goes. And she keeps revealing layers of it, right? Like, we get to see all these flashbacks to 1996 and, and add context to what Shauna's saying in this episode to Jeff but what she's saying is I miss the excitement of when I was trapped in the wilderness eating my best friends <laughs> like that's pretty fucked up and, yeah. and I think she's getting an excitement a thrill from fucking an Adam's studio right so it's not oh, just sure. to like give him back his self respect as a man or whatever it's also to get a thrill to start to feel like she's this particular version of herself this transgressive version
1: get her fuck on (laughs) sure aka to get her fuck on yeah uh drew says one thing i remembered on a rewatch is how when misty got rid of adam's body she burned his head with the recently passed elderly woman from her place of work Only on a rewatch that I realized that it was implied that Misty killed that woman to use as a Trojan horse to get rid of evidence. She killed the Fixer (laughs) in season one, and I think her modern-day version has shown to be the most cold and capable of any of the modern-day women. Do you agree with the, uh, the intimation here that Misty killed this woman, or is the idea that old people die in this home all the
0: time, and you just... In most other shows, I wouldn't agree with this but i could see it i wouldn't put it past misty i was trying to think of the scene because I, I i know the scene where she put the head in with the cremation mm-hmm. she just kind of shows visualize up visualize
1: the... if she like was doing something weird with a vial or adjusted i I can't see uh, yeah but i i don't it, recall it's seeing not that so out of line of her character at all right right um Drew says, while I think all of the girls had to be cutthroat to survive, I think Misty has flown under the radar when it comes to how dangerous she truly is. The modern day women in season one are all dealing with the trauma in various ways, but Misty never seemed to be phased by anything she did. In a few of the last scenes of the pilot, they show Misty staring at a rat drowning in a pool. I think in this new season, her friend Crystal will be her first kill uh, or example of Misty's passivity, wow. like with the rat and the pilot. Maybe that'll be caused by Crystal finding evidence of Misty breaking the plane's black box in early season one. I hope that plot point pays off later. Mm, uh, maybe she's that things. shit in the bucket, Jim. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, am I crazy or is that already played off? Like that told us something important about Misty that she's willing to fuck them all over to gain a iota of social respect.
0: Yeah, totally but but they are so, you know sharing secrets with each other Misty's admitting like hey, the bone broth might have been tasty uh, you know she's telling uh, Crystal's telling Misty about like uh, absorbing her twin all, all these secrets are being revealed Misty might just reveal it herself thinking she has a confidence. oh my god and that like could she kill and eat Crystal and then see this as
1: like her like my secret twin that I've got now <laughs>
0: oh god I am now I have the power of three people yeah uh-huh. yeah
1: yeah I've now got all these different facets I'm a chameleon every one I consume is another essence that I've got like I I could go that fucking crazy hole could go deep
0: oh I like that I like that it a lot. would be
1: extremely transgressive for her to kill crystal at this point yes but, and, but it, it this would... is yellow jacket so it's almost certainly gonna happen <laughs> right <laughs>
0: makes sense makes sense you think coach is gonna be the next because he's on death's door but i think Mm. no well he's at
1: high risk of because he's also spurned misty yes so he's on death's door he's kind of mentally given up i yeah Mm -hmm. and then his like we talked his thighs aren't getting any less well they are (laughs) they're getting less juicy every day
0: getting less meaty yeah
1: yeah yeah um, that's dark, but I like it. Drew. He continues. Misty's my favorite character, and I think Christina Ricci plays a disassociated, needy, and dangerous Reddit user very well. Will she be the unsuspecting final boss or twist villain by the end of the series, or will she be the hero? Maybe. The hero yeah. that we don't deserve, but we need, or we don't need, but we deserve, or whatever. Yeah, the, the line it should is. be the Batman.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, we'll just have to see because it could go either way. I think. Yeah Um, Melanie says I'm
1: a forensic DNA analyst in New York City So I figured I'd offer some clarity on how stupid Jeff and Shauna really are The short answer is very Because having sex and location associated with missing person Homicide is incredibly stupid However they aren't as stupid as one might think As this is no way a guarantee in getting caught Holy shit Spraying DNA and a room won't get you Guaranteed caught Tell me more Melanie the limitation of DNA evidence is that you need to know where to look and what you're looking for and you need something to compare it to. No CSI person is going to be looking for semen with a light in an art studio of a missing person if there's no reason to think a sex crime commit occurred or any crime took place in the studio. Point of fact, Melanie, if I was a crime scene investigator, that black light would come out every fucking time ever fucking where. I'm not checking into a holiday inn <laughs> without getting the black light on. You think I'm gonna go into an art studio and not expecting mm-hmm. sex crimes? Not expecting artistic. Isn't that what they teach in season? art school?
0: Weird sex shit? Weird sex yeah. That's like yeah. a whole unit. It's a whole unit. <laughs> that's like a good that's a semester's worth of education right there.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, we need to, someone needs to come up the next piss Christ. We gotta, we gotta keep pushing the, mm-hmm. the boundaries. Uh, okay, so the that's some shaky foundations. That we're not gonna have a person just show shining blue lights everywhere. Uh, they would instead search it for evidence of where he may have went or what may have happened to him. But you don't start looking for fluorescent sex stains. They would not have referenced samples of Sean or Jeff since neither of them had been convicted of a crime that we know of. There would have been no reason to do genetic testing on Shawna in 1998. It would have been incredibly expensive and completely unnecessary to evaluate her health. Even if they did, what we look for in forensic DNA is entirely non-coding regions of DNA. It tells you absolutely nothing about an individual's physical appearance or any medical condition, so comparing a medical DNA result to a forensic one is entirely useless. And the testing performed in 1998 was completely different than what we do now. It would still be useless even if it existed. Most importantly, you cannot upload a DNA profile developed from a medical sample or a victim elimination sample into CODIS. Uh, CODIS stands for Combined DNA Index System, which is the computer software program that operates on the local, state, and national database of DNA profiles from convicted offenders, unsolved crime scene evidence, and missing persons. Okay. So they can't be stored in a criminal database by law. Only forensic evidence samples and convicted offender profiles can be entered into CODIS and searched against other samples. Some states allow you to upload arrestee profiles at the state or local level, but neither of them have been arrested in their adult lives, so there wouldn't be a hit. I don't know how the rules about AFIS, the Automated Fingerprint Identification System, as well as I do CODIS, but they don't keep all the fingerprints taken for any reason in the database to be compared to crime scene prints. You have to find a suspect, fingerprint them, and compare the crime scene print to the known print if you don't get a hit in the database. Unless the show decides to do things lazily and we just have DNA equals identified suspect without actual investigation, it's unlikely to be the thing that turns the cops on the Shauna and Jeff. (sighs) Am I super cynical? But every time I see things forbidden to be done by law, I think, obviously, this has happened. (laughs) And the answer is not remotely zero times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, it's you. illegal to murder people, to embezzle funds, and yet these things happen all the day. I, I, I'm. Ma- it's and illegal I wonder to crack if, people's
0: passcodes on their phones, and that happens sure. all the time.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that'll be a plot point that there is either corruption or malfeasance or just negligence and just fucking not following procedure correctly. That could. It's illegal could, to uh, serve
0: shots to a 16 year old girl. <laughs> Uh, it is, so, it, it, yeah, to- totally, and they're doing and, it, so. And
1: here, the here, the police are actively de- going along with this kind of corruption of our youth. Yeah. Uh.
0: Also, I got three words for you: ancestry. dot com. That's where they need to turn. I think Shauna would be real interested in getting her DNA profile up on the internet. Mm.
1: Um, P.S. I did a full rewatch last week And I don't think any of the adult women mention Javi at all in season 1 Natalie yells at the bank people on the phone And says Travis has had no family But that's the closest we get to any information about Javi Pretty sure they think he's dead hmm. And it is hard for me To believe how a young Because he's young, he's like what, 13, 14 No mm-hmm. coat, no no Boots or gloves, no food Has been running around in the wilderness And not died this whole time yeah so i don't know abby from vancouver says uh the second i saw an adult lottie i instantly thought of teal swan a charismatic cult leader with a traumatic past who may or may not have encouraged people to unalive themselves have you heard of this situation nope i'm looking it up right now yeah there's a, a podcast series on apple called the gateway that deals with this there's also a documentary called the deep end And the lady's name is Teal Swan, but she's this kind of like self help guru cult leader that bears a non passing familiarity with Lottie.
0: Yeah, like uh, physically. She looks quite a bit like her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess she has got like, she has had a lot of controversial comments about how to uh, treat the people that were suicidal and how to even view suicide. Um, What is the. Yeah. So there's this uh, take from the Wikipedia it says um, there is a, the, a video interview, I think, that she did for the BBC it says in this video, Swan urges that those who are feeling suicidal to seek medical help. It goes on to say that in her experience for some people, this may not help long term. She instead suggests that suicide is seen as our safety net or our reset button that's always available to us. She argues that viewing it in this way enables people to set the idea aside and instead concentrate on what they can do to make themselves feel better in the present.
0: Oh, I see what she's saying, but no, come
1: on. I don't know, Miss Swan. <laughs> that seems like a dangerous ideology to like. Let's just acknowledge that at any time we can kill ourselves and it'll solve all of our problems and give us infinite peace.
0: And now mm-hmm, that we have mm-hmm. this solution,
1: let's just set it aside. I, I don't. Yeah, that's dangerous. It's that
0: you can always kill yourself tomorrow.
1: Yeah, philosophy, yeah yeah like just you know to, i don't know I that's that seems seems
0: yeah i
1: could i could see th- th- this like i said i i definitely see the parallels there too i wasn't a familiar with this but yeah if you were my god uh bill from aurora illinois says do you think coach is next on the menu is it because he can't defend himself well with the missing part of his leg i always thought he would have seized control of the gun by now as he watches the group turning feral
0: uh I don't think one rifle is going to help him much. Uh Yeah. If these girls decide to eat and or fuck him. Uh yeah, I I think he's he's potential up next. You know, if Crystal's not next, he's the he's the juiciest looking meal. He's almost dead anyway.
1: There's that proverbial saying, a one-legged man in an ass kicking competition, <laughs> and it's never the point of that man is going to clean up.
0: Yeah. It's like,
1: you know, he's or if not going to be man had kick- a rifle kick much at yeah the one-legged man at asking competition with a rifle still couldn't Um, kick any asses yeah yeah no i do think i do think because also i don't know what else they're going to do with him he is an adult he's always been a fish out of the water he's gay Uh that was an interesting wrinkle to them they fully explored it and his regrets and it's kind of like where else has he got to go but to die
0: yeah i i mean i It feels like he's given up. I kind of would have liked to see him push back a little against the insanity that's going on here and try and control it and fail. Uh, But I don't think that's in the cards. I think he's given up.
1: Yeah, he's just given up. He's just really given up. Uh he also said he enjoyed the uh, pete on the episode he missed aaron's wicked one-liners i, I just want to say i thought mm-hmm. uh, i listened to you guys this episode and i thought it was entertaining i thought pete did a great job but also glad yeah. that people miss me you know that's <laughs> sure i'm glad to have you problem. back too i had fun yeah. with pete but yeah you did a really good job uh like every time i listen to like you doing a podcast with someone else i'm always like am i do i do i fucking sandbag jim Look at him coming alive and leading this discussion, and like it's a, like Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> i you're, you're you're a different guy with Pete. Look, man, I destroyed the transponder, so I had to do something. Like I had to step up. <laughs> I had to I had to cut legs off. I had to murder people and butcher people. Did what I had people to do. People died, but you know
1: we 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 got we got rescued. We're we're, we're back out of the Canadian Rockies now. But yeah, no, th- yeah. I th- thanks to you and Pete. I thought you guys did a great job. Thanks. Chris says Jackie was the best major character in season one because she didn't exclude Allie. Oh, okay, okay. I got to set this up with the subject line, which is, you know, essentially defensive Jackie. Because we talked about how it seems like everybody's got a hate boner for Jackie, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris wants to examine that. Jackie actually was the best major character in season one because she didn't exclude Allie. She didn't cheat on her boyfriend nor sleep with her best friend's boyfriend or allowed hallucinating girls to sacrifice Travis. On episode one, the other Yellow Jackets didn't bring up their plans for Allie with Jackie because they knew she wouldn't approve, suggesting Jackie is inclusive. After Shauna said she wasn't interested in Randy, Jackie backed off and didn't try to pressure Shauna any further. While do it could, Christ, can you imagine Shauna with Randy? I I mean... Would kind of love to see it, but also, I can't. Jeff is like a fucking Greek god compared to Randy. Yeah. Uh... Jack, uh, while doing chores with Shauna, she's doing nothing. She's nothing but supportive of pregnancy, though it was wrong to read Shauna's diary. It's trivial compared to the other things going on. And Jackie's understandably upset that Shauna has been breaking her trust. You know, when I was reading this email, I'm like, why do I not like Jackie? And I think it's just because she is the leader and she kind of knows it. She has this entitlement to yes, that's it the team's respect and when she also is kind of fragile and that the first time she felt felt kind of like social un- she she literally died from
0: stubbornness. Well, she lashes out at, at people she makes them feel small when she needs to feel big um she but how much does of that is she doing it in How much of that
1: is she doing deliberately and how much of this is like uh people like Shauna's natural
0: insecurity? bringing it out um i don't know i i mean i think if you're dealing with somebody who's naturally insecure throwing that in their face is not the best approach um whether whether also you hella need...
1: it, it can be like to be fair and uh, yeah i think you should be patient with your insecure friends but sometimes it gets hella annoying too sure sure you know? yeah especially and, and if when they're you're... coming
0: attacking you Um, and we're
1: talking we're talking 17 year olds too so the amount of emotional mm. maturity (laughs) Maturity, and development is small so it's like that's the other thing i try to keep in mind like god these are literally just girls
0: Uh uh-huh yeah and that's kind of the scary part about it in a lot of ways right is that they're they're not always going to act rationally or in the best interest of themselves or anybody else Um, And, and jackie also felt perfect like she felt like she sure. was the one that was like
1: the 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 best shiniest example of the yellow jacket so like i think there's a natural resentment if you you know cuz i'm watching this show and i do not identify with the popular kids i identify with the weirdos and like jackie seems like kind of a bully mm-hmm. even though she like as you that her record doesn't look like a bully but she seems like a bully she
0: seems like the type of
1: person to bully shit out of you
0: yeah to me it's more the entitlement that's the thing yeah. she feels not like she it deserves to have deserves to sit around and do nothing while everybody else fights for their lives and hers um Mm. that was offensive to me the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back don't freeze to death come back to our coverage of
1: yellow jackets uh molly from portland says we have to talk about kevin's hat at the gym nobody wears a hat to the gym especially one that exposes bang (laughs) hair what is happening (laughs) I think that Kevin just when he goes to the gym, he dresses like he did when he was 16 because that's what it, he looks like. A kid on the football team that's going in on a Saturday to work out. He's got the cutoff sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. He's got the backwards cap. His boy bangs are hanging out and he thinks he looks fuck. He just has not updated his look at all.
0: Yeah. I've been trying to think. Hmm i can't recall i've been in the gym pretty recently i don't recall seeing anybody wearing hats i think you're right no one wears hats to the gym why would you maybe
1: a sweatband but even then that's like some old fuddy-duddy
0: stuff i don't know some people put hoods up like if they're trying to sweat or something they'll, they'll put their hood up and run like it is something weird
1: hat. as you get older The concept of like you have not changed But you're suddenly lame Like the I, I try to like sure. not completely You know and it's hard to fuck up jeans and t-shirts Which is what I normally wear But like one thing that I just can't do Is wear Long socks Unless I got like dress pants on And like it's hella lame To wear no show socks or short socks At this point Like you mark yourself as I'm, a fucking dad Not a daddy, a dad <laughs> Uh hey man like I I'm shorts socks
0: for life. Yeah. It's
1: Dude, if I got socks so much up to my calves, I feel like the big I feel like someone's got to come out and knock my books out of my hand and mm-hmm. yank my pants down around my ankles, which is my socks belong. I just don't wear them a lot cuz I don't like yeah. them. They're winter socks. They're winter socks when you're wearing you're wearing long pants. But yeah, if you're if you're wearing shorts, you you, you got to have the 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 low profile socks, man, even though I know it's thermally uncool.
0: Uh, you, maybe maybe, maybe you need to show the kids the the movie the sand pebbles cuz those guys are wearing long socks and they do not look cool. Mm. Mm. Mm mm mm.
1: I keep on waiting for like the late 70s to come back Where guys are wearing short shorts And their fucking <laughs> socks are pulled up to their knees And they're all mm-hmm. looking like Dr. J And vintage Larry Bird And like this never looked cool right Like we all dis, but like it's You guys are going to do it again aren't you You mad You crazy people
0: Oh it's a thing yeah
1: Nick from Philly says I believe Lisa was the wilderness baby because as you said she seems the right age but in this episode 1996 when Lottie is speaking to Sean about the oncoming baby Lottie slips up and says he Lottie's premonition uh, is that the baby is a boy and the uh, p-tint and the the p-tint as you guys had discussed parenthetically they say you don't think that Elijah Wood can pass as a 25 year old no no (laughs) I actually think he could with the right hair and makeup, but no, <sighs> they're not going for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh that's I I think we talked about this a little bit. That is it it, the, uh, it, it could be that Lottie's wrong. It could be that there's going to be another baby. Mhm. It could be that the Lisa theory is bupkis. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 not sure. But like I said, Lisa's the one that like it just stands out in being the right age and she's under Lottie's custody, which makes sense. And a lot of a lot of stuff that Lottie's talk about makes sense in a certain point of view. If, if, if Lisa is the is the wilderness, baby, uh, a real life question. Nick has let's say this exact same plane crash happens in twenty twenty three in the U.S. and somehow the plane goes missing for two weeks and the underage girl survivors actually eat a dead human. What are the real life legal ramifications once rescued? Two weeks I mean that's hard to understand two weeks is tough because <laughs> most healthy people can I make it three weeks without eating right. without being close to being on death's door but it might feel like it and if like because also if I my plane goes down in the continental United States and people aren't there within 24 hours to rescue me I'm starting to think we're never gonna get rescued like what the fuck like, sure did they not I see, see us on fucking satellite? Is the black box not working? Like, so I, I guess I think society would understand it if if the girls were like, we literally thought we weren't going to be rescued. We had especially if there's already dead people like it was in the winter and we had these people that died in the crash. And like, you know, and as we got hungry and hungrier, we started to like there's ways you could do it. But like if it feel, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the, the what you're suggesting is. <laughs> The outside world thinks these women just like as soon as you know, that's first uh, yeah. chance they got, like, they sank their teeth in the human flesh.
0: That's my question. What is the cutoff as far as number of days where you're allowed to start eating people? Like we all we all agree first day, if if they crash and first day they're starting to eat people, that's yeah. not cool. Two yeah. weeks in, maybe we could see it. Where is it? Like is it eight days? Well, also is it there a full is week? Also-
1: there's a gulf between eating people who have already died and sure. the, the alternative is just wasting their flesh and killing
0: people to preserve your own life. But by the time I think that cannibalism is warranted, the flesh of dead people has gone bad already. So you're
1: reduced to killing are you are you eating people as they start? Because like I I just think that like they, I don't think that society will ever forgive if it looks like people hunted and slaughtered people. Like that's like you can't do that you wait till they starve you wait till they passive exposure you sure, can't sure you can't draw straws kill somebody and then eat them you can't run and them just, into pits spiked pits
0: <laughs> yeah take
1: their remains and yeah, while you're wearing crazy headdresses and chanting and sp- splashing mm-hmm. blood soaks them yeah that's that's going to be a hard sell uh finally uh nick wants to know if we're covering miss davis Um, Mrs. Davis, even. Mrs. Davis, yeah. Uh, Definitely we're going to watch it and talk about it on OTC, but it's scary for us to take. So, like, it's like if Lindelof was the showrunner and head writer, it would probably be a no-brainer, even though it is on Peacock. But my understanding Mm -hmm. is that he is more of, like, a Tom Perota figure, like – you know, Tom yeah, Perotto to the wrote leftovers, The Leftovers yeah. and he was there in the room for the helping, but he was not the person writing the scripts or choosing the direction and became less. and less. To me, like uh, I'm I'm getting from all the press materials that uh, uh, that we've got that, that that Lindelof is the idea guy
0: and he's going to have. I wonder if that's going to change in season two now that he doesn't have that Star Wars movie.
1: Oh, right. Because he's
0: been working on that, right? So maybe he didn't have time to do the full Mrs. Davis treatment, but season two he might. I wonder if we're missing that opportunity.
1: Yeah, I will say that, like, I thought we maybe missed the opportunity with, um, oh, shit, was that Natasha Leone? uh, Poker Face. Poker Face. Cause that got a big, uh, a, a fairly big splash, but boy, it really didn't make a lasting impression on people. It didn't seem like. So I'm, I'm content to let this first season. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna talk about an OTC, mm-hmm. and if it's amazing, and if Lindelof gets more uh, deeply involved, then then we can jump in on it. If not, then we've only really lost the time we took to watch the episode. So, yeah, if, if you're a Bald Move supporter, oh, we, we'll cover this on uh, off the clock, our premium podcast, um, and we'll see if it's good. We'll see if it's mm-hmm. good um bill uh had a double dip uh he heard our podcast from yesterday and he was intrigued by your discussion of coaches vhso vision and he says i actually thought that the coach of vision the vhs vision meant that he was dying or dead and this was his vision of death but it seemed to be alive but dying at the end that left me confused um yeah I still don't I still don't know if this VHS thing is is unique to coach or we just noticed it more because the stuff that was cutting in between was relatively <laughs> sane normal sane it uh-huh. wasn't like mad mad shit like that you're seeing and uh I don't know that he's dying like I
0: mean, were, we're all dying hungry. right <laughs> yeah.
1: but well sure yeah. yeah you and I right now talking to these microphones we're busy dying yes oh, trust we' I'm dying uh, I feel it <laughs> Every day more acutely. I feel that I feel the health and vitality <laughs> leaving me right now. In if fact, I, if I if I'm still from it, oh yeah, there it goes. It's going. <laughs> it's like that white silk. It's like that white silk scarf slipping
0: through my hands. I, I think Coach is in the process of starving to death. I don't think he's like they're not saying he's dead at the end of this episode or anything, right? No, no.
1: I mean, like I said, they're, they're all hungry. They're all starting to starve, and he's the one that didn't eat but like Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. he could make it another probably week or two and there's a white elk afoot
0: right right
1: or white a white moose so who knows hey everybody thanks for sending us your feedback we appreciated it Uh, we will try to incorporate this into the week by week stuff as we go uh, now that we're a little bit uh, less rushed because of vacations and whatnot Uh, but yeah please continue to send that to yellowjacketsabaldmove.com makes it a lot more fun a lot less lonely yellowjacketsabaldmove.com if you'd like to know what else we're doing, uh, for example, we're putting Picard to bed over the next week or two. We're middle of the way through the Mandalorian. Of course, we're doing the Yellow Jackets. We're about to see Renfield, what promises to be a crazy Nick Cage, Nick Holt collaboration this week. How do you keep up with all that? How do you know what we're covering from week to week, month to month? It's easy. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com baldmove. And then if you'd like to support us in what we're doing here, get ad-free feeds and tons of exclusive bonus content. Like... Our coverage of Miss Davis on Off the Clock. Hit up support.baldmove.com to find out how you can support our Bald Move project. That's going to do it for this week uh, of Yellow Jackets. We will be back next week, uh, next Monday, to talk about the latest episode, episode four. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.